Welcome back to another edition of What Should We Watch with K&E. I'm K. I said I'm K. I lost her. Oh well. As you all probably already know if you listened to our previous episode, E is out of town this weekend, so I am instead joined by my friend T. Hi everyone! Thanks for joining me today here. Thanks for having me. This week we'll go through the same sort of program that we typically do, but instead of E, we'll have the less vulgar T joining us. We do Mm. want to thank you all for checking out our bonus episode. The last episode was a lot of fun making that one. And we hope you will enjoy the next 10 episodes. So how about it, T? Do you want to go ahead and jump on into our movie selection here? Yeah. All right. So as we had stated during our Titanic episode, now two episodes ago? Yes. We set up that we were going to be watching for Halloween. We were going to be watching the movie Ghostbusters. So this movie, reason why I picked it, was I grew up being a nerd, and I'm still one to this day. I haven't had the conversion happen yet to become an actual adult. So I've lived my life with the policy of live life like the proton pack-wearing Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle self that is deep within myself, and never let that little boy be contained. Were you a proton pack-wearing little one? No, I wish. And I've never gone as a Ghostbuster for Halloween, but it's always been on my bucket list. Yeah. You know, I I never actually went also as a Ghostbuster, but <laughs> I was at home dressed up as a Ghostbuster <laughs> a couple times. And knowing your dad, I can see that he would have you do something similar. I wish. Now, dad, we have an idea. <laughs> Maybe dreams yeah. will come true now. <laughs> this doesn't have to be a thing of the past. This can be the present. <laughs> so get on it, dad. All right. So what do you say, T? Do you want to go ahead and hop into Ghostbusters? Let's do it. All right, we're back from watching Ghostbusters. What a good time. Good time. So what do you say, T? Do you have a quick little synopsis for me here? Oh, yeah. So Ghostbusters, it's just really four dudes running around New York City with backpacks, and they chase after imaginary ghosts and um, deal with a big marshmallow man. So that's pretty much the plot of the movie. Dude, I can't say anything better myself. That's pretty much it. If you haven't seen Ghostbusters, that is the whole movie. And we're done. And we're done. All right. Thanks for coming. (laughs) Bye. Well, T, this is the part where we hop into a segment that me and E like to call the peanut gallery. So let's hop on in. Let's hop on in. So kind of going through this movie, there was many things when watching this movie that I never noticed them before. And we were kind of talking about the reasoning behind that a little bit before we actually sat down and started recording (laughs) because we were talking about the uh, VHSs that our parents would record off of TV, the uh, recordings of the four TV versions, which left out big portions. Did you kind of get the uh, vibe that Beckman was a total... Um, sleazeball sleazeball yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> there's, no way to, there's no better way to put it than he is just a total sleazeball it made my skin crawl and um what's his name i was gonna say billy crystal's character <laughs> bill murray bill murray <laughs> so the one the only bill murray's character 
Didn't you think, like, he was such a jerk to that dude. Like, he was being totally sexist. Oh, yeah. Like, the dude was getting the cards right, and he was still shocking him. Bunch of couple wavy lines, which would never happen nowadays. Every The Me Too movement, he would have been fired instantly. Oh, man, yeah. Taken right out of that. Yeah, there was just, everything about him was just sending off those alarms that that boy needed hashtag Me too <laughs> Like, when he goes up to the girl, and he's just straight up hitting on her. And they're talking about having that late night study session at eight o'clock here. Mm -mm. No, girl, you run. I was just about to say eight o'clock. <laughs> the one note I did put here for that scene, too, was I said, I bet Dan Aykroyd is a cock block every day of his life. <laughs> because the hashtag me too scene is disrupted by Dan Aykroyd, who comes running in. We're introduced to his character. I'm super excited coming in. Yes. And we get our first occurrence of head trauma when Vekman jumps up and smacks Ray on the back of the head. So let's hit that counter. All right. That's one. That's of a one. Few. Keep track, guys. And then we were also introduced to Egon's character in the library, which is played by Harold Ramis. Mm -hmm. He is one of the brain children behind this movie here. Him and Dan Aykroyd were the writers. I particularly think between Ramis and um, Bill Murray... Why do I keep forgetting? I keep wanting to say Billy Crystal for some reason, <laughs> who is also a good improv artist. But like Bill Murray and Harold Ramis's improv skills are off the charts. Off the charts. The one line that he says to him about, I stopped you, Egon, from drilling, drilling that a hole, hole in your, in your head. Yeah. That was actually an improv line when Egon says back to him, like, I would have done it too if you didn't stop me. Mm -hmm. They did have a lot of ad libs in uh, this movie because everybody's pretty much like on sketch comedies like SNL and Second City. So mm -hmm. they're fantastic about it. It worked out really well for him here. And I, I can't imagine like, what does that script, what does the script of Ghostbusters look like? Probably like three words on a page. Yeah. <laughs> and we're here at the library and then we do this and then we do that and then now we fight the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. There's probably a lot more lines of, <laughs> ah, ghost. Boo. <laughs> Ooh, ghost. But they took all that out. <laughs> but it was, um, Dan Aykroyd believed in ghosts, right? So that's kind of how mm -hmm. he's, he started his like fascination with this script because... He's a believer. Yeah, he is a believer, and he is a really weird dude. Have you seen what he's been up to lately? Uh, he was in Columbus. Oh, he was a couple in days ago. Yeah, really? at a, some comic book fun store with a Ghostbusters like of like of himself, oh, and nice. then he is promoting the Ghostbusters movie that's supposed to come out in 2020, which they've been talking about forever right. about making a third one, bringing everybody together. But now you know Harold Ramis isn't with us, yeah. and so we'll see if it goes and you know bill murray i don't think ever wanted to make another one but he did and then he also cameoed in Zombieland, which was bad right oh i love that scene so much uh, i was gonna ask you though when uh dan Aykroyd was in columbus did he happen to have any vodka with him uh no i just read it like a little article that was like two paragraphs so. oh yeah so I don't know about that, though. So he's a little nutty. He has this vodka he's made that is in a oh. skull. It's like in this crystal looking skull. Oh, shit. And uh, he has this almost like 20 minute commercial explaining why this is the purest and bestest vodka in the world and how it will help you get in touch with all the paranormal things in your life. Oh, this and is some like voodoo yeah. witchcraft things. Happening. Right. And I'm pretty darn sure he's 100% serious about the whole thing here. Mm -hmm. 
So I'm a little concerned about Dan Aykroyd. <laughs> but not in this movie. He's killing it here. He's fine. This was his heyday. Mm -hmm. 1984. He was doing just fine. <laughs> 1984. <laughs> 85 was the bad year for him. <laughs> Started slipping. Back to the hashtag me too Beckman here. Did you also find that that line that he says to the librarian when he says to her, Oh, about the are you menstruating? Oh. I found that totally unnecessary. Me too. It makes my eyes roll every single time. And even as a child, I knew that I was like, whoa. Yeah, why would you ask Crossing like a that? line, dude. Right. It was probably supposed to be like kind of be a toilet yeah. humor sort of joke. but Because then I guess it sets up for the next joke where he comes, the uh, owner of the library comes over and he's like, what does that have to do with anything? And he says, back yeah. off, I'm a scientist. So yeah. I guess there's some meaning to it, but just to f*** everybody off. And then they do come across their first phantasm, that girl A in the full library. torso apparition. Oh, yes. That is the full description of it. And <laughs> so this was prior to their ghost busting era. So they don't have any of their equipment. They don't really have a plan so their plan is to just get her as they yell out get her <laughs> and she got them yeah she got them see this should be a lesson for all women in this day and age if a group of men <laughs> approach you yelling get her you turn and you turn into a giant monstrous mummified muppet and scream at them and they'll run away and they'll run away they'll Oops. run completely out of the building that doesn't excuse their behavior in the first place, though. But, man, that that was scary as a child, watching that scene. Definitely one of the things that, watching it now, I was like, oh, yeah, that's not so bad. But, yeah, as a kid, it was very bad. It gave you, it gave you nightmares. <laughs> I was awake for days after that. <laughs> and then we cut to the logo and the song. do 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 when uh, Beckman and uh, Ray are standing there talking to each other about what they're going to do with their lives because they had gotten kicked out of their teaching jobs and got kicked out of the university. They weren't allowed to do all their ghost and ghoul business at the university anymore. So, like... yeah, were they professors of psychology and parapsychology or were they just, that's I, what their degree was in? I think he was, Peter Beckman was. Because they were doing research. I What was Ray doing? He talks about like, all the previous work he did in the private sector, as he called it. but mm, yeah. And they demand yeah, results. <laughs> right. <laughs> I love that line. Which, can we talk about his research on negative reinforcement on ESP? That kind of ticked me off. Why is that? Just because initially I thought it was negative reinforcement just because of electroshock. Or it's not oh. even negative reinforcement. Negative reinforcement, it would be punishment for the electroshock. Yeah. But then if you think about it... it if he was, if that guy was the control mm -hmm. and then the girl is getting like negatively reinforced by answering these questions and stuff because she thinks she's not going to get the electroshock. Oh. She gets it right. But I don't think that's, it really played itself. out. That's a whole nother tangent, everybody. But, <laughs> Botched research. But, uh, yeah, there's, I'm sure there's a discussion board out there. Did you notice the scene where Ray and uh, Peter are talking to each other and Bill Murray when he's kind of trying to comfort him, I made a note about how when he starts talking to him, it sounds like he's about to burst into song. Like he's a like, musical. Ghostbusters call is a musical. Fate, call it luck. Call it karma. The music was kind of building too. Ghostbusters, the musical. <laughs> it's going to be on Broadway, everybody. Mm -hmm. I would totally go see that. I would pay money. Oh, yeah. You and like everybody else out <laughs> everybody there. Everybody else. <laughs> 
At this point, we're introduced to Sigourney Weaver's character. And she's, of course, the pop culture icon. She was in Aliens and just in this movie. But when you're first introduced to her character and she's getting out of the car, when she's crossing the street, she doesn't look either way. And I feel like this speaks a lot to her character. She's just kind of going about her day, kind of oblivious to everything else around her, including one of my favorite characters and actors, Rick Moranis' character. What was his name? As Tully. Uh, Tully. Lewis? Lewis Tully. Yep. Yeah, Lewis Tully. He was just so adorable. And desperately trying to like win her over too. Yeah. I'm just like, I mean, borderline stalker at mm-hmm. that point. But yeah, like every time she passes his apartment, which is right across from hers, he would come out and start a conversation, which I guess is flattering. But yeah, stalker level. It was stalker level. Yeah, she was just gathering the stalkers, wasn't she? (laughs) But uh, Rick Moranis, I just wanted to touch on him real quick. Do you know a lot about him? Other than Honey, I Shrunk the Kids and Little Shop of Horrors? Not really. Right. So Rick Moranis around that time. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. (laughs) He's Dark Helmet. But so Rick Moranis, he was in a bunch of things in Mm -hmm. like the 80s, early 90s era. He was... A pretty well-known comedian up in Canada, especially. Okay. Um, he was part of the program Bob and Doug. Bob and Doug. So all you Canadian hosers out there, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Eh? <laughs> Sorry, that was all very racist. <laughs> well, we're Ohioans originally, so we can get away with it here. There's just a lake separating us can from we? Canada. Can we, though? <laughs> we're from the great white north of the USA. But what's really neat about Rick Moranis is after that era when he made Honey, I Shrunk the Kid, he just straight up quit acting entirely. He hasn't been in anything since. You're right, I guess. Yeah. And I just thought that was so cool because he was in so many movies that I enjoyed as a kid. And yeah. he's still alive. He's still out there, but he's just, he's he was done with that life. Living a second life now. Mm-hmm. Moving away from Rick Moranis here for a second here. We go into the apartment and that's... When Sigourney Weaver's character, uh, Dana? Dana Barrett, who um, Julia Roberts actually auditioned for this part. Say what? Yeah, but she wasn't in like Pretty Woman and stuff yet. Um, So she was like a no, no, nobody at that point. (laughs) I know that sounds mean. Um, But then Sigourney Weaver was in Aliens and all that stuff. So she was, you know, high profile, but they still made her audition, Sigourney Weaver. And I guess she acted like a dog in the audition, like one of the terror dogs. I did see that, that she was like biting cushions on the Yeah, so they were like, yeah, this girl's... She's got it. Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) She's our Zool. (laughs) That's when we see her go into the kitchen and there's that famous scene where the eggs are popping on the counter and all those paranormal things are happening. And she opens the fridge and she sees that... Terror dog. That terror dog. The little Zool, which... That little puppetry that they do for that, I always thought that looked so goofy with the little flashlight that's in its mouth when it just opens up its mouth. It's just like, Zool. It's scary, though. <laughs> um, but yeah, Zool, not to be mistaken for Jewel nowadays. So, Z-U-U-L. I guess they're different. Everybody. Yeah. And did you notice? Okay, so two things in that scene. There is a reference to Stave Puff marshmallows because she's got a bag of them right next to the eggs. Did you notice that? I, I noticed the marshmallows, but I didn't pay attention that it was that it brand. It's Stay Puffed, and oh. it's got the little guy. It's got the guy on it too. Set up. Um. Yeah, but then 
Oh, I, that was it. Never mind. <laughs> Never mind. I'm on the edge of my seat. We're, we're just gonna we're gonna end it because the other one's the next time when Peter comes over. That's the majority of things but. where I'm just like, and I don't know where else I was gonna go with that. And just kidding. Speaking of the Stay Puft Marshmallows, that this movie is kind of famously known for all the product placement that it had, similar to other movies. Uh, we, not as bad as Jurassic World. But. Yes, exactly. But. Oh my gosh. Brought to you by Samsung and HP. Verizon presents. <laughs> but we talked about this a little bit in our Back to the Future episode, where this is kind of the beginning days of product placement. I don't know if that's totally true, but... I don't know how much money the, these movies got back and kickback because there's so many different products. Because, yeah, that scene where she's pulling out the groceries and back when Vecman's in the apartment and he's pulling out stuff, there's like Oscar Mayer bologna and there's Budweiser beer at one point, Coca-Cola cans. There's all these different things which indicate different companies out there. And there's no way that they paid all these companies like Cheez-Its, there's, that was the other thing. Oh, Cheez-Its like, that Egon had, yeah. Yeah, he was sitting there with his box of Cheez-Its. And the Twinkie, how do we, yeah, the oh, Twinkie. Oh yeah, the Twinkie, right. Name brand. But with the Coke cans, when he opens it, did you notice that the Coke cans have two different, like, logos? Like, it's the cursive, like, Coca-Cola, and then the other one is, like, just says Coke. Oh, shit. And it always me off. <laughs> I was like, why? And they're not next to each other either. But yeah, so she leaves her apartment, right? Yeah. After she sees the fried eggs. She's really like, feasted. Peace out. She freaks out, out at uh, cooked poultry. So <laughs> That's her weakness. She deuces out of there. And when she goes to the Ghostbusters, Bankman is immediately on her. And Yeah, which is another thing. Because, yeah, at the beginning, when you see him kind of just, like, hit on this girl, you're like, okay, is he just, I mean, yeah, he is a sleaze ball, but, like, is he just getting distracted? But then he does this again. Right, and... There's no other... 100% verified. This is so creepy, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's going to go on a uh, restraining order list now, for sure, <laughs> after this little interaction. He's so charming. <laughs> we also need to talk about the other love relationship in this movie between Janine and, and Egon. Egon. Right, when oh. they're hanging out with each other, and he comes out of nowhere. like he was. Like, well, he was fixing... under her desk, so yeah. that was weird. But... <laughs> Uh, it's Egon, so you don't really think anything of it. Oh, yeah. Then she says, oh, I read a lot in my spare time. I also play racquetball. Uh, and then she's like, do you have any hobbies? And then he says, I collect spores, molds, and fungus with the straight f***ing face. <laughs> <laughs> How dare he? <laughs> but their love is blossoming, so. Yeah, you know, it's, it's just, yeah, the, the love relationship, which is totally dead in the second Ghostbusters, right? Isn't it Rick Moranis? And... Yeah, that's with her. Because then they're making out and they lose the baby. Oh, yeah, that's the right. The ghost comes and picks the baby up. What happened to her love for Egon? Went to the other nerdy mm. character. I, I don't think it was a mutual feeling. He he just had the love for his spores and funguses. <laughs> or maybe maybe that was kind of a turn off for her when she realized um, where he was keeping these mold and funguses. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah so they come to dana barrett's apartment on the 26 22nd floor of mm -hmm. spook central which whenever like as a kid going um to new york city with my parents like my dad always pointed that building out so like i will forever oh yeah that's i can't yeah that's a actual building yeah 550 central park west oh nice that's a real building out there i bet like they probably have all the ghostbuster stuff in the inside and 
I would one would think, yeah. but it's bougie, so I don't oh. think we've ever been. <laughs> we've ever actually like waltzed in there. That's probably how they got recording in there in the first place. <laughs> hey, do we need a permit? Nah. Nah. Do whatever you want. Hey, we're gonna blow out this wall. Fine. <laughs> okay. Yeah, when they're in their apartment, and he pulls out that little like a uh, spray can, like he's spraying for cockroaches. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> like little. What is that? Just like a wand? Yeah. I, I read that that's actually a real device of some sort, but... For I, ghosts? I was getting... No, oh. I don't think for ghosts. <laughs> I think for an actual purpose, but I got bored, so I stopped reading it. That's the kind of research I do for this podcast. <laughs> he starts walking towards the bedroom, and she's like, oh, nothing really exciting happens in there. And he turns back to her, he's like, mm, What a shame. What a shame. What a crime. What a, crime. <laughs> what a creep. And then as he's leaving, like, he keeps insisting things and she points out that he's like a game show host which that was actually an improv line she was supposed to say used car salesman but she changed it to game show oh it works very well works very well for him and we leave that scene and we we get to see the ecto-1 for the first time here which is the ghostbusters vehicle i've always wondered though is that vehicle like was that a hearse yeah yeah it was yeah it was converted that and then once they decked it all out after the movies like it, it sold for like millions of dollars oh i bet i like some auction i think i didn't really i just read the headline like yeah. like you did <laughs> right <laughs> i got invested and then that's i got right. bored <laughs> as far as i got i do know that that's like probably one of the most like iconic uh, iconic film cars out there and that there are several replicas out there but yeah I, I can only imagine the originals like i'm sure they do have some of the originals and those are out there somewhere yeah because they're on their way to their first job which they haven't even done a successful experiment with the proton packs. So what what did he say? Like in the elevator, Stans was like, we're just like carrying nuclear reactors on our backs. Yeah, no big deal. <laughs> no big NPG, guys. Right. And then he asked Egon to turn it on. <laughs> and they step away like two, <laughs> like two centimeters more is going to affect you. You're in an elevator together. During a nuclear explosion, you'll be totally fine if you just step away two inches. <laughs> two, two inches. But yeah, they go to Hotel Sedgwick. It's a made-up hotel. I'm getting a little nervous because you are hitting on all my trivia questions. Oh, <laughs> dang. Well, good. You're like slowly but surely checking off. I'm like, okay, I can't ask you that one anymore. Ha ha ha. I've taken great notes. <laughs> you have. Well done. I'm proud of you, young <laughs> But yeah, once they head into the hotel, they're there at their first gig. And that's when they bump into Slimer. The little ghost that was modeled off John Belushi, I suppose, (laughs) from uh, Animal House, which talking about John Belushi, one of the things we were talking about before we sat down was the casting for this movie. So Dan Aykroyd was the original solo writer for this. And when he was kind of coming up with the concept of this movie, he actually wanted to be a sci-fi futuristic sort of film. Um, but then he kind of brought it back down to earth a little bit when uh, Remus got involved here and he brought it into modern times. But one of the things Dan Aykroyd wanted to do was for casting. He was going to cast himself because he loves himself. <laughs> and he was going to have John Belushi in the role that Bill Murray played. But unfortunately, while he was writing this, that's when John Belushi passed away. And Winston's character was supposed to be played by Eddie Murphy. And he was actually going to be in the movie a heck of a lot more if it was Eddie Murphy. But Eddie Murphy pulled out because of... Beverly Hills Cops yeah, or something. Yeah. <laughs> like, which, I mean... Should I do that? Because I don't know if that's right. the actual title. <laughs> I, it, Beverly Hills Cop. I think that's the name of the movie. 
Sounds I should know that. Sounds I sh- I've right. seen it before. But yeah, you're right. They had he had like a mixture of actors that he wanted to play Peter, um, like Chevy Chase and Michael Keaton. And then they also for Egon's character, they were gonna have or so the internet tells me um, that they were gonna have John Lithlow be on it, oh, yeah. or they were gonna have Jeff Goldblum. Could you? Imagine that. Oh, uh, you Jeff know, I, uh, <laughs> I, could, I could see that. Uh, he's a uh, Spectres. <laughs> then Egon's character would have definitely got more ladies just, than Peter Venkman. Right? <laughs> you just lay on that thick. <laughs> Laugh. <laughs> he's like roar. Yeah, he's like half like weird roaring. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> 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 Anyways, back to Ghostbusters. Yeah, what movie were we talking about? <laughs> what podcast is this? It's the Jeff Goldblum Appreciation Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we would already have our cover art. It's just his bare chest. <laughs> Maybe a dinosaur in the background. Yeah. <laughs> the dinosaur's on his nipple. <laughs> a lot of Jeff Goldblum and some dinosaurs. Right. Uh, save be, uh, save uh, that for movie. the Jurassic Park podcast. Right. Can you oh. splice it? Can you splice it out to that one? Oh, we will get back to that. <laughs> Goldblum will find a way. Oh. <laughs> oh. Um, but yeah, anyways, they're on their first gig. They're going through the various floors of the hotel trying to find Slimer mm-hmm. is what I guess everybody calls it. Yeah. But it, was, I, it never had a name. Yeah, do, they don't really call it that in the movie. And the I don't know if everybody... Got the name from this too, but the cartoon. Did you ever watch the cartoon? No. The cartoon was called The Real Ghostbusters, and it jumped into the lore of Ghostbusters much more. There was like a bunch of things you found out about different characters, but one of the characters in it was Slimer, who actually talked, and he had a really cartoony voice. It was just like, oh no. Sounds horrible. Right? (laughs) But it was one of those Saturday morning cartoons, along with uh, Captain Planet, Cowboys Moo Mesa, all those good old jam. Were you into that? (laughs) Oh, you were too young. I was going to say, maybe there's an age gap, and there's only a five-year age gap between us, but that, nope. Which goes to show how long these shows were. I was like Rugrats and uh, Rocco's Modern Life. Oh, you youngin'. Yeah, yeah. My sister and I would eat, yeah, eat cereal. Dad would carry us down, still groggy, put us on the couch, and then hand us a bowl of cereal. We had, life was made. Yeah, freaking adorable. Yeah, he spoiled us. It was nice. (laughs) Good time. He, if you guys still lived at home, he would still do that today. Oh, I'm sure he would. Maybe not carry us down the stairs. He but would try. Like... <laughs> hey, you two are small. He can handle it. So we're in the hallway, and Bill Murray has a confrontation with Slimer, and he's standing face to face with him. What happens to Bill Murray? Poor Bill Murray. Pilburn. Bill. <laughs> poor poor, poor Bill. <laughs> I'm so distraught over it. So he gets goobered by Slimer. Goobered. I like that word. Gets slimed on. Mm, Sticky. And they end up pursuing Slimer to the ballroom. When they are in the ballroom, they're making quite a mess in there. And the owner of the hotel, who... I think had it like reserved for like a fancy party like 20 minutes later or something. Because he was very frantic. Right. He keeps insisting to the... uh, person who's having this party like everything's gonna be fine and you hear like table and china and crashing. the chandeliers crashing yeah uh that beautiful chandelier mm-hmm. destroyed smushed. but hey at least the table broke its fall <laughs> and then the uh 
Bill Murray way. He's oh, yeah. like, I always wanted <laughs> oh, to do this. What does he say? The flowers are still standing. <laughs> I love that about like comedies of that day. Like you didn't even see him when he said that line. He, you just hear him yelling that in the background. And I just think that's so funny. And in today's comedy standards, everything has to be right in your face. And it's just like joke, joke, joke. I love those good old days where like humor could have just been something just, just so passive in the background. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, and don't cross the streams. Oh yeah, more toilet humor. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah, because it's total protonic reversal. Right? So that's some serious or stuff. It's just something bad. <laughs> As Egon says. It's you you have those two descriptors. It's either total protonic reversal or just something bad something will happen bad. if you cross the streams. So once they finally contain Slimer and start bringing him down, my favorite line in the movie comes up when Ray throws down the trap and he yells out to them, don't look directly into the trap. And Egon says the line, I looked into the trap, Ray. But then they collect Slimer and they've collected their first ghost. And I'm so excited. What does uh, Bill Murray say? We came, we saw, we kicked it. Yeah, classic line from this movie. And that leads us into the uh, montage. The montage, the 80s montage. There's nothing like an 80s montage here where you're playing that good, feel good music. And throughout that scene, when they were going to the different locations, collecting ghosts, I guess they didn't have permits at all those locations. And there was actually one of the scenes, there is a bodyguard that starts chasing after them. Oh, And here that wasn't an actor. That was actually a bodyguard saw them running by and kind of freaked out about them running and started pursuing them. But then when he saw the cameras, he was like, oh, it's okay, but technically... <laughs> We're just in New York City. Right. Everybody films over here. <laughs> right? Nobody's ever filmed there. In the middle of that scene, you have one of the scenes that we had never seen until we watched the DVD. Because it wasn't on later. TV version. Right. Which, by the way, this movie is rated PG. It is? is so oh, the internet before, tells me. Yeah, this was before the big conversion. Again, where, like Titanic. Yeah, they changed a lot of the rules. Yeah, after Titanic. Because mm. Titanic is just PG-13. And you see yeah, exposure, nudity. right? And yeah, this movie too, with its language and those references, those very strong references, uh, including that ghost that uh, uh, unbuckles Ray's uh, pants in the middle of the Let's just put it night. this way: Ray makes a very happy face. No comment. No comment. That's all I want to talk about that in front of you, especially here. If I was in front of E, I might feel a little more comfortable about it. But no, even her, I would blush. Because, yeah, we never saw that as children. It was always like the TV version. Even watching it on VHS, because we recorded TV back then. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it wasn't there. And then when I got the DVD a couple, well, like, yeah, five years ago or so, watched it. And I was like, what the is happening all right t what do you say we take a little break here and we hear from one of my buddies over at pod nation we'll be back it is the one thing that unites all living things and divides them at the same time it is both freeing and paralyzing it is the end of pain and the beginning of pain in Coffin Cast, I seek to shine a light in the darkest of all places that we all will face. Death. A mix of true crime, strange and bizarre death stories with a hint of education, and sometimes humor mixed in. Hosted by me, Kristen, with new episodes every Monday at 8 a.m. Central. Available wherever you listen to podcasts. All right, that was once again Kristen from Coffin Cast. 
Check her out wherever you get your podcasts here, and also make sure to follow her on Twitter. So moving on throughout Ghostbusters here, we're introduced to our fourth Ghostbuster, Winston. Zed Moore, because business is a booming. Mm-hmm. We need to hire another Ghostbuster. Another buster of sorts. <laughs> so he's qualified by just walking in the door. And I just kind of feel bad for his character in general, because as I had said earlier, when Eddie Murphy was going to have his role, he was going to be playing a much bigger part in this movie. But when Eddie Murphy turned down the role, they cut that character down in half of his screen time. That's why he was only in half the movie. And he doesn't really get much development or input just beyond being another Ghostbuster. When Bill Murray bumps back into Sienna Weaver, he's doing that classic Chuck Berry little dance across the street here. She's starting to seem like she's enjoying Warming his company. Up to him. Yeah. But she does decide, like, you know what? I'll, what the hey? I'll give this a chance. What the hey? This could be fun. Who knows? Her mistake here. But actually, yes, no, to her advantage, good thing he came over because, you know, right. she was Zool at that point. That's but, anyways, true. spoiler alert for everybody who hasn't seen this movie. You're right. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't think about that. If he didn't go over, what would have happened to her? I don't know. That's a mystery. Oh, but they show Zedmore. They're showing Winston how they store the ghosts, right? Like in that trapper thing. Which is important because that's going to lead to our uh, (laughs) issues with the EPA. I wrote a little note about them saying, go away, EPA. No one has any time for you. This is why climate change is out of control. (laughs) Way to go, EPA. (laughs) Harsh. Yeah, I, I really took it out on that agency. <laughs> All our listeners over at the EPA are just like taking out their headphones and just like, F how rude. Yeah. <laughs> but before we're introduced to that little subplot, we start getting the little snippets of the uh, overarching issue of this uh, Zool that she had seen in her refrigerator. And those dogs, one of them possesses Sigourney Weaver's character, and that's Zool. Yes. And then... What's his name? What's... Oh, Vince Clortho, the, yeah, gate, the key the master. The key master, right. She was the gatekeeper. <laughs> right. He was the key master. Yeah. Subtle innuendo, but... <laughs> but Vince Clortho jumps into the apartment of Rick Moranis' character. He's having this party. And that whole scene, I guess, was one shot. And they actually had Rick Moranis improv that whole thing. Oh, dang. And I... When I read about that, I was like, no way, because he just goes on and on about all kinds of different stuff. He's talking about, like, the meat tray. He's talking about how much everything costs. Right. And he's just rambling that all off. And he's so focused on rambling that all off, he tosses the coat in the bedroom. And the one doggy's sitting on the bed right there. Okay, who brought the dog? Right. Okay, who brought the dog? (laughs) But when that dog comes bursting out, that was a moment that really strongly made me realize, yep, this is a movie made in the 80s. (laughs) Yeah, it was it was terrible. It just, Before it, CGI, right? Right. Yeah, like this I mean, this they, is around the era, right? This is around the era where there was a lot of risks being taken with different practical effects and computer effects for things like Star Wars with the Empire Strikes Back and Terminator, like all these new things that were coming out with technology and Ghostbusters, if you look at it comparatively, like, they did pretty all right, especially in the a lot of time that they had to make it. Yeah, because then they have only, like, a year. I would say they, they kicked then. Uh, right? <laughs> they took some names. <laughs> so when Bill Murray does end up going in and meeting Zool, when he goes in and she's fawning all over him and she does that little 
elevation off the bed and floats around, which I wrote the note. It was actually, there was a pole that was going across from the curtain behind them oh, up I behind Sigourney Weaver's back and it was lifting her up and that's why she was able to like roll on it a little bit. Oh, Really neat effect right there. When she's sitting there and fighting him, she keeps saying the line, there is no Dana, only Zool. And she says it in like the Zool voice here. I like when Bill Murray says back to her, oh, you must have a lovely scene. Yeah. Sorry, I keep taking all your lines. No, do it. No, they're so do it. good. You do it. Let's have a lovely singing voice. <laughs> in response to all of her activity and her kind of going a little crazy, he decides to uh, Thorazine her, which begs the question: <laughs> Why does he have that? Why does he have Thorazine in his pocket enough to knock out uh, an adult woman? <laughs> <laughs> that is scary. That or, is scary to think about. Not much of a surprise with the character we've seen so far in this movie. <laughs> But anyways, EPA comes back. You know, he probably has a name, but I didn't Walter care to write Peck. Down. Oh, you did write oh it down. Oh my Look god. You. Did you not watch the movie with me? <laughs> <laughs> I just didn't pay him any mind. Walter Peck. So yeah, he EPAs that place and shuts it down, shuts down the Ghostbusters operation. And when he does, he causes that huge rift, which I wonder if that is the first supernatural beam shooting up in New York in cinematic history out of a long (laughs) line of supernatural beams that would be shooting up out of New York. But I wondered, like, how does that guy have the gall to blame the Ghostbusters for causing that issue when he was the one who said, hey, turn off this thing. And then all of a sudden that thing appeared when he turned it off. And he's just like, oh, they did it. They did it because it's their ghosts. Mm -hmm. But I love when they're outside. This is another just very like not in your face comedy when they're outside and now walter peck's saying something about how it's like their fault or arrest these people and then all of a sudden egon's just like your mother and they get in the fight (laughs) did you know it's just like egon trying to spit some fire and just your mother (laughs) man he's so first mama joke right yo mama oh so yeah now we have to rev up the uh head trauma counter again here because ray uh, head traumas Venkman at the scene here. He just does like a, a little slap on the back of the head when he's telling him something. And so let's hear the counter. So that's two for this movie here. But yeah, they get in that fight and they end up in the prison. And did you notice the one officer was Carl Winslow from Family Matters? He looked familiar. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's Reginald Bill Johnson, which made me realize, does that guy ever not play a cop? Because... <laughs> The three things that I could think of him from, like Family Matters, this, Die Hard. He's always a cop. Always a cop. And did you know that prison that they were in, it was actually a haunted prison? Oh, And they no. actually, when they were there, there was just all kinds of things that kept happening. Ooh. And they actually wanted to do a few more cuts there, but nobody wanted to actually go back. And luckily no the editing team was like, you know what? We have everything we should need. We should be good. And so they decided not to reshoot anything there. And so they just kept whatever they had the first run because everybody was so freaked out by that prison. That's interesting. You know what was freaky was all the prisoners that seemed very interested in their plan making. (laughs) Did you notice that? Like they're They're all all walking around around. and then, oh, what's happening over here with these blueprints? There's the one dude, like he just kept rolling up his sleeves over and over again. I was like, is he planning on like beating one of them up or giving one of them a prostate exam? I don't know what this guy's doing. Did you see that? The dude with the flannel? He just yeah. rolling up his sleeves over and over again. He's just like, I'm going to do something with these arms. <laughs> but the whole town is flooding with ghosts. So mm-hmm. let's, yeah. 
The whole so, time slime with ghosts. So, we have- so they got Slimer in the hot dog stand. And then what skeleton man driving the taxi. Oh, yeah. Like the Crypt Keeper for crying out loud. Yeah. <laughs> he was scary. But uh, thank goodness we have some very beautiful ghosts out there, such as Sigona Weaver sitting up there on top of her rubble. That shot very right flowy. there. It looked incredibly cool. And that's when the uh, key master was uh, catching up with her and he found his way to her. And they started making out and potentially made a baby for the second <laughs> Ghostbusters movie. But that will come up later. Oh, okay. Okay. Sorry to interrupt. But uh, there is a someone jumping outside of my window. That's weird. Don't you live on the second floor? <laughs> I think we have a visitor. Oh, we do indeed. Well then, um, let me go ahead and uh, make some room for our guest here. Uh, if you'll excuse me. Oh, what a nice little studio you have here. And what is your name, my darling? T. Oh, hello, T. I am Stefan, the model. Nice to finally meet you. Oh, it's so good to meet you in person. You are so model, I must say. And that is not an opinion. That is totally objective fact right there. So any of you who are watching her on this podcast, you will also agree with me. Oh, that's right. None of you can see. So you'll just have to take my word for (laughs) it. My cringy voice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Cringy (laughs) voice, indeed. Your voice so model. Anyway, it is I, Stefan. On the model, your resident fashion guru, and I'm here to talk to you about this fashion model. What's her name? <laughs> Sigourney Weaver. Sigourney Weaver in the scene where she is displayed upon her old apartment's rubble in her very glitter glam outfit. Oh, there is nothing more to say than this is the most model look that any person can achieve because it is total glam rock, inspired by artists such as David Bowie, Elton John, all those beautiful, beautiful people. That is your fashion tip of the day here. That is to always wear glam rock and you will never go wrong. I will see you all next time. Toodaloo! All right, so we're now at the mayor's office because... But yeah, they go on to kind of defend themselves and explain to the mayor that this is, you know, some real-level Old Testament that's happening. Yeah, and then the line that dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria, which is a great famous line. In the end, they end up convincing the mayor by pointing (laughs) out to him that, you know what, if we're right... We can save a lot of voters out there. So then they go into the saving the day. Yeah. Saving the day. <laughs> what was that song about? I don't just saving the day. Oh, I suppose. <laughs> and there there's this huge lead up. They're gonna storm the castle. And then all of a sudden there's that earthquake and they fall into that crack and really like harshes their mellow right there. Yeah, can you count that as head trauma? I'm sure there was head oh, trauma yeah. in there. So yeah. Let's see, there's four of them, so one, two, three, four. Yep, there we go. And then they have the that little bit of the climbing the stairs. Yeah, because she lives on the 22nd floor. Mm-hmm. Which, what do you say when we get to floor like 18? Or floor let me, 20. Let me know so I can yeah. throw up. They only had two more floors to go. Here, so <laughs> Stick like, it out, dude. Yeah, come on, dude. Stick it out. And then when they get to the top and they're at her apartment and they see the stairs going even further, 
Dan Aykroyd's character says, I wonder where those stairs go. <laughs> and then, oh, I was going to say Billy Crystal again. <laughs> and then Bill Murray says to him, they go up. It's just very straightforward. They end up seeing Sakona Weaver and Rick Moranis kind of freaking out, doing their little dance. Yeah, because they turn into the terror dogs, the mm-hmm. little gargoyle things. And they are able to usher in Gozer, the Destructor, which... I kept writing the Destroyer, but I think it is Gozer the Destructor, which doesn't sound right. He's Gozer the Gozerian. Oh, Gozer the Gozerian. Mm-hmm. Oh, I should have guessed that. Because that's a word. Gozerian. Because <laughs> that's a word. You're being a total Gozerian. Well, he's a, what an ancient, Mes- whatever, Sumerian. Mesopotamian, Sumerian. Sumer- which they did make Sumerian a big deal deity. about that. Yeah. They made a big deal that he was not Mesopotamian, Sumerian, but he actually ends up being a she, which plays off onto the whole David Bowie look that they were getting because David Bowie is very androgynous. Like even the costume that Gozer was yeah. wearing, I feel like David Bowie has worn that costume. Very it, like see-through. Yeah. Bubble-ish. And if he hasn't, definitely Lady Gaga has because <laughs> she just picked up where he left off. But I immediately thought of because of my household that I grew up in. <laughs> Billy Idol hair. Yeah. It's like oh, very yeah. spiky. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The shape. What? She was a shape shifting god or yeah. he, she, it? He, he, she, it. Which maybe Billy Idol is Gozer. Um, it, it's just. An alter ego. Yeah, yeah. He's not yet completed his mission <laughs> of destroying the universe. And this movie has a lesson in it here, which was shared by the movie Road to El Dorado. I made a quick little note about the idea that when something that's new to this world comes up to you and asks are you a god the answer should always be yes i am a god because both of those movies show you that if you say no you will be murdered so <laughs> kids if it anyone fact. <laughs> if anyone ever goes up to you and says are you a god just say yeah what harm could come of that Lesson then for, die listen for all you kids listen to our podcast the young listeners but yeah and then gozer does this little flip in the air and lands on the opposite side oh because they yeah. try to zap her right look and out then, Simone Biles. and then she does a slip in the air and she's in heels she lands in these heels what? did you ever notice that no which i mean they're totally like 80s little stubby heels that look like they're gonna break yeah. when you walk but, but still very impressive mm-hmm and then is that when they zap her? They zap her again, and then they, like, neutralize her or yeah. something, is she what she kind of disappears. Yeah, and it's just, like, her the voice. But once uh, that earthquake comes about again when Gozer reappears, did you notice when those rocks were falling from the top of the building? Head there trauma? was one. Yeah, there was a huge one <laughs> that hit somebody, like, right on top of their head, and it's very <laughs> obvious, like, how it hit them, that it was, like, just, like, a styrofoam pillow-like thing, because it just, like... <laughs> Hits them and rolls off, and the person's just no. running around. It's now head I trauma. Uh, maybe not head trauma. <laughs> head tra- oh, pseudo head trauma. The, so far, one actual occurrence of head trauma might have been the safest head trauma of them all. <laughs> the person was totally fine. No, but now I need to rewatch that right. scene. Oh. But then Gozer announces over the PA of the world here that they need to select a form for the destroyer. They need to select a form for their doom. So they just have to imagine any sort of creation, which... Which, did they get a freebie by (laughs) Peter being able to explain that if they think of 
uh, J. Edgar Hoover that J. Edgar Hoover's going to appear. Right, yeah. And then, like, you know, like, oh, you get one freebie to explain to your friends, like, yeah. what's going on. I think that's in the um, Samoan, <laughs> what, 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 that's in their culture that you always get a freebie when yeah. deciding Gozer's destructive form. But unfortunately, instead of not thinking of anything, one of them does think of something, and that's poor Ray thinks of something that he thinks couldn't possibly harm them. And it is the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. We used to roast marshmallows at Camp Wakanda. <laughs> Dude, he went to Wakanda? Yeah, I, that's what I thought when I first saw this movie. I was like, I went to Camp Wakanda. <laughs> Wakanda forever. <laughs> um. But yeah, then you start to see um, 100-foot Marshmallow Man walking down the streets. with such do. a joyous expression on his face yeah, as he's stomping so cars and people are running away from him and and bill murray offers a suggestion to deal with a large sailor stomping around new york is just get him laid and he'll be fine which i think that is totally prejudiced towards sailors they're not all looking to Stereotypical. yeah right yeah the sailors sometimes they just want to go into port and just have a nice meal you know i want to ask you t real quick if you had to select something in your head what's something safe that you think you would have I've, I've never asked myself that question. <laughs> All the times that I've seen this movie. And remember, you always get a freebie first. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's right. Uh, well, it would have to be like, can I do <laughs> one of those like blow up dolls that the car salesman Yeah, the wacky, wavy, inflatable <laughs> <Yes>. people. <laughs> because, because, yeah, that wouldn't really hurt getting like slapped around by that thing, right? Yeah, that's perfect. <laughs> right. I would um, select probably in kind of accordance with that here. I was going to say like a sloth, but not like a prehistoric giant sloth. Oh. I'm like talking about like a normal sloth because like just picture like Slowly. just those long arms. Just I would destroy all. And also too, everybody would be like, oh, ah, look at it. Oh, it's a sloth. <laughs> That's so cute. Let me Instagram this. Right. <laughs> Don't Instagram me. I'm your, I'm bringing about your destruction. I'm trying days. to kill you all. And then they start roasting him. Is that when they cross the hunk streams? A, hunk a marshmallow. When they actually decide. Oh wait, that's no, right. No, that was that was the other direction. Yeah, when they were going after the gate. Mm -hmm. um, right before that, though, we're given another occurrence of head trauma because Vecman smacks Ray again here. So between those two here, they keep head trauming each other back and forth, back and forth. <laughs> Um, so there's another counter. But then they point their guns after shooting the poor, poor Stay Puft Marshmallow Man, which, did you see his face when he's being shot? He's just like, oh, crying baby face. Yeah. <laughs> poor guy. But then they take out the gate here and uh, they cross the streams. and they have to cross the streams. Yeah. Their power destroys the gate. And luckily, it just explodes the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man and just... It's debris falls all over the city. Which was very sad, again, to see his face getting blasted by the fire. Because right. <laughs> as he's climbing up on fire, climbing up the building on fire, and then he finally gets to the top, and then it's another like wave it. of fire just comes at this poor marshmallow man. Poor fella. He was so cute. But don't worry. He would live on forever as a uh, Macy's Day balloon parade. And... Oh Someone down this the street has one for Halloween. Oh, really? Yeah. So Halloween decorations. Adorable. Vaughn <laughs> and infamy. Which I didn't know, but Stay Puft was not an actual brand of marshmallows as a kid. I never knew that. But then I guess they, because of the movie, 
I'm sure they like made it. Somehow. Yeah, I think they did as a uh, marketing tool for the movie here. They did have something out there because I remember there was that character out there in the world with marshmallows. So they must have made something out there after the movie. I didn't know it wasn't anything before either, though. <laughs> they got, <laughs> they got us good. Me. Right. But yeah, so then Stay Puffed finishes roasting and is just a bunch of marshmallow fluff that falls on everybody. Yeah, which that one dude, I am going to give a head trauma counter to this because that one dude that gets completely Walter blasted Peck. by it. <laughs> yes. Oh, wait, that was Walter Peck? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Screw you, EPA. I'm pretty sure it was, yeah. Yeah, just standing on the ground, standing up, yeah. I don't care who you are. That volume of fluff hitting you. (laughs) If anything, he he probably at least, like, cracked at least one of his vertebrae. (laughs) They are then standing in the aftermath, completely covered in fluff. Fluff, Which was that shaving cream, right? Yeah, shaving cream all over them. And Egon says the line, I feel like the floor of a taxi cab. Gross. And they are looking around, and uh, Bill Murray is sad because he's looking at the little demon dog statue. (laughs) The charred remains of his his dog girlfriend. (laughs) But luckily, she's alive within it here, and so is her um, hand dance. Yeah, oh yeah. She's like, save me. Save me. My hand. But don't worry, Rick Moranis is over there just goofing around with it over his hey, head. Hey, who He's turned totally the lights fine. off? They end up picking them up, and they're all kind of like, yeah, it's over. And as they're walking away, they're talking to Rick Moranis' character, and he says to them, like, hey, do you guys need your taxes done? And so that kind of sets up his character for the second Ghostbusters because he's now one of the crew. Secures a spot. Egon says to him here, um, we're going to need to take some brain tissue. And he's like, okay. Head trauma right there. That's how that's going to (laughs) end. And we end up down on the ground level and they have that hero's welcome and credits. Everybody's happy. And during that scene. the kiss. Oh, yeah, the kiss. Can't forget the kiss. Oh, that's beautiful. Did you notice (laughs) off on the side um, those priests? That were just like giving the sign of the cross. Yeah, so to during the fluff. <laughs> during, during this whole thing, there was yeah, there was like the Christian priests praying with their rosaries and the nuns and everything, and then they had the soccer moms right next to them, and then they had the punk kids with yeah. like their mohawks and unnatural hair colors, and then they had like the rabbis. Then they had just like the random fans. That's what's great about New York. They had everybody. <laughs> they had everybody. <laughs> they had every, it was like a, a high school cafeteria. They right. had everybody there. We are the world. <laughs> One of my notes here is when we were finishing up the movie, I kind of realized something a little gross here with the Ghostbusters song. Um, he says the line <laughs> "Bustin' makes me feel good." Um, that's gross. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I yep yep. What's his face? Uh, the writer of the song? Ray Parker Jr. Yeah, Ray Parker Jr. You gross. <laughs> you gross. But yeah, that's that's the end of our film. It's completed with that little attack on the camera by Slimer, who is apparently still alive. Blurb of Slimer. Yeah. Gonna it, get ya. Yeah, they should have made the second movie all about him. Just a backstory on <laughs> Slimer, the early years. Going to school. <laughs> <laughs> Why do all the kids make fun of me when I eat the wieners? <laughs> oh, Lord. So that was the rundown of Ghostbusters. Before we hop into our next segment, uh, I want to just go over some of the posts from our previous episode. So 
we're going to say that the bonus episode, we're going to save the responses for that for the next bonus episode. So 10 episodes from now, if we're still in existence then. But uh, I'm going to go over some of the responses from the Titanic episode here. So you ready, T? Yes. Let's start with uh, something we somewhat covered in the bonus episode, but just to go over some of the responses, because I thought there were some gems in there. The I hate it when they fight segment, uh, we had the question, would you book passage on Titanic 2? And T, where did you stand on this subject? Hell no. <laughs> Hell to the no. All right. Well, you were with the majority <laughs> that did vote for E saying, nope, bad juju. That was 61% of you out there on the Twitterverse uh, agreed with E. So she did win our... Uh, I hate it when they fight. I hate it when they <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> it's good that you uh, know the segment. I listen to the podcast all the time. Oh, thanks, man. I'm a huge fan. Really appreciate it. Some of the uh, comments that we had with that post were uh, from the fanboy and the haters, one of our previous promo pals here. Uh, they said, I agree with E. You're just asking for trouble with any ship named Titanic. Kay's point about improved tech for avoiding icebergs is a good one, but with my luck, I'd slip on an ice cube and fall overboard. <laughs> <laughs> Poor dude. And then uh, another friend from Pod Nation, Bring On The Weird, uh, said, I vote no. The real question is, can I draw one of those French girls with or without a French girl present? I'll bring my own crayons. <laughs> that was from Will from Bring On The Weird. And then I understand that reference said, I think it would be a Titanic mistake to do so. Oh, oh, the puns. The puns. Good one there, Cap. Moving on to our next question. What is your favorite scene from Titanic? On Instagram, we had Reggae Lover Podcast said, I fell in love with the Kate Winslet in a couple of those scenes. Fell in love with that Kate Winslet. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Dynamic Duo said, There is so many scenes that I love, but one that comes to mind is when Rose gets off the boat and finds Jack. Oh, yeah, when she's, like, running back onto the boat. The dummy. Seaward <laughs> Pod, um, which stands for conspiracy, just in case if you were wondering. Uh, not the other word. Uh, <laughs> another friend of ours at Pod Nation. The chase scene with Billy Zane. Oh, Billy Zane. Where Leo gets cuffed and the water is rushing in is a classic cinema scene. Cage's Kisses, which we are going to have to talk Cage's, to Cage's Kisses. It, it's a like podcast. That's Nicholas Cage? All about Nicholas Cage films. Oh yes. my God, so I need to, to listen to right, this. You have to check them out. They're hilarious. And they love Nicholas Cage no. almost as much as we love Jeff Goldblum. Oh God. So <laughs> we have to talk to him about that and see if we can do a collab. Yes. They said, we're big fans of the scene where the guy falls on the propeller and bounces oh, off into the oh, water. Oh, I can't help but laugh at that scene. I know that sounds so terrible. I'm totally well, going to hell. It does make a funny noise. But, like, but how can, uh, yeah. It, yeah. They put said, it in there for comic relief, right. I feel like. I, I think so. It's just getting to break too, it's, attention. Yeah, it's getting too deep. Too deep of a movie. They put at the bottom of that, they say, we wore that part of the tape down. Oh. <laughs> That was great. Waxing Nostalgic, one of my pals here, said they had never seen it. So I went on a commentary with them of like, I won't hold that how? against them. But yeah, how's that happen? But hey, part of me thinks that they didn't miss much. Um, <laughs> better than Robin Hood, question mark podcast. Um, another Pod Nation friend said, so many great scenes. It's so hard to choose. All of the shots that take in the chaos on the deck of the whole ship as it sinks are superb. If I had to pick just one, it would be the initial strike of the iceberg as we see its impact over, all over the ship. 
Nerds with Friends said that part where they show the names of all the people that worked on it. <laughs> the end credits, right? That, that yeah, that was that was good. Well <laughs> done. Next question is, who was the most tragic farewell in Titanic? Was it Jack and Rose, the Duh. old couple, which were the oh, Macy's, as we talked about, I or the about them. family that owned the Macy's or part of the Macy's Corporation? Uh, the mom and the kids, or Mr. Andrews. So Jack and Rose got 18% of the vote. The old couple got 40. The mom and the kids were 33, and Mr. Andrews was 9. So the old couple got the most votes, followed by the mom and the kids. Where did you fall with them there, T? Uh, Jack and Rose. Jack and Rose? Yeah. Pop another number. Tug at the heartstrings. Oh, yeah. Remember that go, Jack? And then she lets him go. And she with that let thunk. go. <laughs> that you're right. Some of our responses on Instagram, we had Gary Oldman, 1958 Gary Oldman, said the mom and the kids. The C word was back with saying the mom and the kids is brutal, just brutal. Yes, it I went hurts. too far. Mm-hmm. Our uh, Aussie friends over at the IMDb Journey uh, said the old couple is incredibly sad. Um, and this is a good one. Hassan Kamara? I hope I'm saying that right. They put up a gif of the um, lead violinist in the band. Oh. I felt bad. I, I like I loved Mr. Andrews. I put him up because that really hit me hard, but I really should have put up the band instead because, oh, yeah, that yeah. band. They oh, really... just playing right. the Ooh. theme music to your death. Right? And then a Dynamic Duo podcast, they agreed with you here, T, and said Jack and Rose. Oh, we did have a response on Facebook. I do forget to mention that in our responses here, but we do have some pop- people that do pop it in over there. <laughs> to pop pop it in and in. in. <laughs> uh, my friend Anna Baton said, uh, see, it got me every time. So she went with the kids and the mama here. So, yep, I don't blame you, Anna. It's tough. It's tough to see. Next question. How do you rate Titanic? 17% of the people said love it. And the other 83% said, it's okay. So some of the comments on that were from the History Cache from Pod Nation said, I thought they actually did a decent job of showcasing dis- the disparity between the Irish and the other passengers. Why just the Irish? <laughs> did that joke go over my head? I don't know. I don't get it. <laughs> Many were locked below or not told the ship was being abandoned until the boats were already gone. Here's a good article about it, which I read the article and... It's, it's true. It's really sad. And like, that's something that I was kind of talking about with Titanic. It's a great movie that represented the terror tragedy. of the yeah tragedy. Uh, Better Than Robin Hood, uh, also from Pod Nation, said Titanic is great. The mixture of real effects with early CGI is amazing. And the craft and passion that went into it comes through. Bring on the Weird said it was fine. To me, the history and engineering of both the ship and the movie are more fascinating than the plot of the movie. Would I watch it again? Sure, I suppose. Sure, I guess. Uh, another friend uh, from Pod Nation, the Time Shifters podcast, said, I was impressed and in awe of the film as everyone was at the time, but looking back is just all right. Had it not been full of, at the time, groundbreaking special effects, it would have been fodder for the Hallmark Channel. Ooh. Ooh, Ooh snap, snap. <laughs> snap, snap. On Instagram, we had Axstrong, gave it a thumbs up, said it's a pop culture classic, five stars. Can Hanlon, whoever that girl is, um, gave it a thumbs up. <laughs> I vouch for her. 
Oh, cool. <laughs> that she's cool with me. Burgasute said, okay, thumbs up, okay, thumbs up, okay, okay, thumbs up, thumbs up. Good review. <laughs> Good <laughs> covered all the bases. Good emojis. I, I don't know. Maybe that was describing like each scene. Like, bam, oh. bam, 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 bam. I don't know. Uh, well, let's move on to the next question here. Who is the true villain of Titanic? Ooh. So I gave people options here, but the responses were even better than the options. So I said the Titanic, the iceberg, or someone else. Uh, 23% said the Titanic. The iceberg only got 13% of the vote, which I think is reasonable because remember, the Titanic ran into the iceberg. The iceberg was just chilling. You're going to victim blame if you're going right? to choose the iceberg as the real villain. And then 64% of people said someone else. So, T, who would you say is at fault in Titanic? Wait, what were my options again? Well, the oh, options Titanic, I gave Titanic yes. and the iceberg, yes. but here's some other people's responses. Coffin Cast, our promo buddy from this episode, said society as a whole because of how the lower classes were left to their own devices. That was That's deep. That is deep. Way to go, Kristen. That was a good one. Snaps. Coffin Cast is also another Pod Nation friend. Uh, speaking of Pod Nation friends, three hours later, um, said they just put a gif of someone saying, I want to go fast. I think that's... Wait, is that from Ricky Bobby? Mm-hmm. Talladega Nights. Mm-hmm. So it was Ricky Bobby's fault at the Titanic <laughs> Better than Robin Hood said the designers for the lack of lifeboats. The fanboy and the haters said it happened off screen, but the big blue dude from Avatar <laughs> shot the ship with a giant icy arrow and blamed it on the innocent iceberg. And speaking of which, the Weird Tales podcast said James Cameron. Oh. Yeah, you know what? I have this theory that James Cameron went back in time, <laughs> made the Titanic sink so he could be making millions today. Oh, that would be super smart. Mm-hmm super awful of him but right all right here's a good one t what is the most replicated scene from titanic all right let me know if you've done each one of these here we have a the i'm flying jack scene yes b <laughs> king of the world scene no really no oh man you haven't lived no c hand on the window <laughs> steamy window <laughs> I mean, not exactly in in that context, right? Exactly. (laughs) But yeah, every winter. Yep. When the yep. mm -hmm. The the condensation builds. You can't help it. Right. Or doing a smiley face. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And then D, I'll never let go, Jack. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. So the I'm flying Jack got fourteen percent. The King of the World got sixty-three. The Hand on the Window got five, and D, the Never Let Go, Jack got only eighteen. Uh, friends three hours later at pod nation added another option which was the jack and rose spinning around imdb journey also popped in the i'm king of the world on instagram batman romagnano official said smiley faced fist emoji huh i don't know let me see it <laughs> like i'll see it i guess he means just like yeah man yeah like he's fist bumping right i guess like yeah you know but yeah Fist bunk back, my boy. I hope that's what you I must say, these Instagram names are so tough. I, I really Make your Instagram say handle right. easier, you right. guys. Make it very clear when words end. Oh, yeah. Punctuation I'm is I'm going to try this. Karate Yasahil? Karate? Karate? Karate Yasahil? Said uh, the Never Let Go Jack scene. So. 
that was it for our responses here. Now, what do you say, T? We go ahead and hop into our segment, Were You Paying Attention? I think I'm ready for it. All right, let's cue that music. I can say for a fact you are ready for this. <laughs> Based on our earlier discussion, let's go over the winner from our last Were You Paying Attention challenge. Our question was from Titanic, what time was on the clock at the end of Titanic? Do you remember what time was on the clock? Me? Yeah. No. You don't? Mm-mm. Man, where were you, man? <laughs> Not I, watching. I can't blame you because last time I watched Titanic before watching it this time was like, what, like 10 years ago? <laughs> a decade. A decade ago. A decade ago. The answer was 2.20 a.m., which is the time the Titanic sunk. And the winner of that challenge was... Friends and Flares! So well Yay. done! Friends and Flares is a new friend of mine on Twitter. They have a D&D podcast here where they go through adventures with a couple of their friends. So check them out here. Also, uh, another one of my friends had mentioned the answer to me around the same time, so I'm going to shout him out here. A Pod Nation member, Killer Rabbit Pod. So well done for getting the correct answer. All right, so let's go ahead and hop into this week's were you paying attention? You ready, T? Mm-hmm. Question number one. What is the Ghostbusters phone number? What <laughs> <laughs> 800 Ghostbusters. I think I put these... <laughs> I... Uh, it was on the commercial, obviously. It was but... on the commercial. I think I put these in order of difficulty at first, but I think it was mixed <laughs> up a little bit. Oh, yeah, I did not pay attention that closely. Yeah, 1-800-GHOSTBUSTERS, but that's totally not right. Oh, I'm sorry, that's incorrect. The answer <laughs> is 555-2368. Which, did you know that they actually did make a 1-800 number for a promotional deal that they had after the movie came out? Um, oh. And if you called that number, it was either Dan Aykroyd or Bill cool. Murray that responded that they were away from the phone right now. Oh, man. What a time to be alive. Next question. What are the hobbies Egon tells Janine he partakes in? He collects spores, molds, and fungus. Well done. Yay. You nailed that one. I thought that one was going to be hard. Mm -mm. Maybe I got them out of order, but you know. All right. Next question. What is the name of the hotel that they cause oh, a ruckus in? Hotel Cedric. Cedric? Cedric. Yeah. Sedgwick. 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 Okay. Some, Ed edit this out. Hotel I will. Sedgwick. <laughs> all right. I'm going to condense those all into one master word that will sound somewhat like Sedgwick. Perfect. <laughs> Next question. What would happen if they cross streams? That's referring to the Ghostbusters proton beams. What would happen if they cross streams? Total protonic reversal. Or, what does Egon say would or happen? That it would be very bad. Something bad. Something bad. Yeah. yeah. See why I was sweating the whole time we were doing this? We were just like hitting all the answers. You're really killing it here. Well, I didn't know the Ghostbusters. Five, five, what is it? Five, five, five. Yeah, we should know that number by heart just in case. <laughs> Never know. Everybody should know that number. All right. Well, I, I think you'll get this question. Okay. Who is Zul, the gatekeeper, the minion of? Gozer the Gozerian. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Well done. All right. What does Vekman have his PhD in? 
psychology and parapsychology. Uh, can you tell me what parapsychology is? Uh, the study of paranormal beliefs. Yeah, Something? pretty much. Yeah. So um, the official definition, because it was on Wikipedia, so I'm gonna say it's the official. It is <laughs> um, the something's in the way. The study of alleged psychic phenomena, perception as in telepathy, precognition. Blah, blah, blah. This is boring. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> and I'm done. It's, I'm it's done. understood today as a pseudoscience, but it is something that is studied because it is in our culture very much so. Anyway, next question. Can you name all four Ghostbusters? Like first and last? Yes. And I am Ooh. definitely going to ask you first and last names because <laughs> I need you to get one wrong. Okay. For mine Do and they, E-Sync. They never mentioned their middle names. You could have got me on that. Oh, that's uh, <laughs> um, Egon Spang- Spangler. Mm-hmm. Winston Zedmore. Mm-hmm. Raymond Stance. Mm-hmm. And Peter Venkman. You are good. You're killing it, girl. I do like this movie. Mm-hmm. All right. Here's another question you've said the answer to several <laughs> times. What floor is Dana's apartment the 22nd on? 22nd floor. Boom, you got 2206 it. 2206 <laughs> is her apartment door. <laughs> I thought about putting that one in, and I was just like, no, that'll be too hard. She'll no. never get that. You're going to have to make it challenging for Jurassic Park. See, yo, yeah, oh, I'm going to have to ask, what year did this dinosaur go extinct? <laughs> Carbon date this Carbon. specific dinosaur for me. You will still get the answer. What happens in the background of this yeah. scene? How many stripes does this Diplodocus have on its back? <laughs> you know what, do any of, is there even Diplodocuses in that? There are not, uh, but you, I guess you could have said... Dilophosaurus, the frills or something? There we go. Okay. Yet another question. You will probably get, but I'm going to try. What is the candy bar Venkman gives to Egon? I'm going to give you multiple choice, though. Okay, ready? Oh, okay. Before you answer. Yes. Because you probably know the answer already. I have an an idea. Okay. Is it A, a Crunch Bar, B, a Hershey Bar, C, a Snickers, or D, an O. Henry? Uh, the wrapper is blue, so I'm going to say Crunch Bar? Ah, oh, you are correct, sir. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> well done. Okay, last question, last question. True or false? The proton packs were originally going to be magic wands. I hope false. <laughs> is that your final answer? Yeah, because I, I hope it's false. I stumped you! Oh, it's true! It was true? Yeah. Oh, that would have been terrible. Yeah, they uh, apparently, Dan Aykroyd, that's one of the outlandish ideas he had it when he first oh, wrote when this he script. First. Okay. And it was pulled back later on where they like, thought, reel it in, it more Aykroyd, reel let's, it in. Yeah, let's make proton lasers instead. That will be more believable, something that people can understand. Oh, good thing that I nixed that idea. Here, I'll ask you one more bonus question. You ready? Okay, bonus. Name one Oscar nomination out of the two Ghostbusters received in 1985. The animation? Uh, the set design? No. no. Nothing with that? Nothing pertaining to that? Well, animation, you're kind of in a wheelhouse of <laughs> one of the categories. More specific? It's probably more broad would be the better way to put it. Can I get multiple choice? <laughs> no, I'm just going to say I don't know. Give, just hit me with the answer. What's one of the key characteristics of this movie? 
When you think of the movie Ghostbusters, what's the fir- one of the first things you think of? A Stay Puffed Marshmallow Man. <laughs> uh, well, well, that actually... That, that was visual effects. That was the one nomination. So yeah, you're right okay, there. But what's the effects. other thing that you you're, think of? You're really walking me through this. Right? Um, the dialogue. <laughs> the catchphrase, the weird quotes that they have. The ad libbing. How about the, the acting dialogue that's sang with a melody? The song. The song. Oh. It was visual effects oh, and original Ray song. Parker Jr. You really killed this. <laughs> you killed Thank this you. quiz. I take great notes. You do. You do. Okay, so we come to the end of the podcast here, T. Sad day. You did good for your first podcast. Thanks, even so. though I hate the sound of my own voice. Oh, no, you sound great. I sound like a dying walrus over here. <laughs> and we have a couple of listeners, so apparently people are into that. One of the last things that me and E do, me and E, um, E and I um, do, is we give the movie a quick little review. So I'll go ahead and start so you kind of have some little basis off what okay. we kind of do. So Ghostbusters is a huge pop culture mainstay. It mm-hmm. means a lot to me when I was a kid and it means a lot to me today in the way of just kind of driving forth the imagination of uh, everyone out there from adults to children. And it does really show off the um, visual effects of the 80s and of course the music of the 80s, and which is right is absolutely lovable and it'll just always be a movie that will be shown to generations and generations to come even though there are some cringy creepy things that bill murray's character does <laughs> and some ghosts that do some questionable creepy things as well so i will say that this movie makes me bust it real good <laughs> i can't top that yeah. i cannot top that all right my review for the movie um like Kay was saying, it is very nostalgic, and it just brings back, you know, childhood, happy, fun, careless memories. Just, it's a good movie. It makes me happy. That's my review. Nice. So, would you re- recommend this movie to everybody out there, T? Everyone and everyone, yes. Yes, I too, I too. All right, so that about wraps it up for this episode. We want to thank you all for listening. And I would especially like to thank T for joining me this week. Thank you for having me. Oh, I loved having you. You Will you be back with us here with one of our future episodes? I hope you'll invite me back. Oh, trust me. You'll definitely be invited. <laughs> and like I said earlier, we we have a certain movie that we need to talk about. Mm-hmm. It's it, already been mentioned a couple of times. It has been. And as you all know, if a movie has been mentioned, it will come up in the near future. So hopefully that will happen before too long. We want to thank you all for joining us. And please, please make sure to like, share, and subscribe. Uh, check us out at Podchaser. And check out the rest of the podcast on Podnation. They're on Podchaser. Also, check us out on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. On Twitter, we're at WSWWatchPodcast. And on Instagram and Twitter, we're at slash what should we watch podcast. So make sure to follow us. Leave us a like. Check in, uh, leave us a comment on your post, and you can hear yourself on the next episode. Any last words for the friends here, T? We came, we saw, we kicked its ass. Yes, we did. (laughs) Thank you again for joining us all. We love you. Bye. Bye. You did amazingly. Oh, good. You caught me off guard with that end question. (laughs) Gotcha.
באמת.